Welcome to Able Active Moms. Jeremy Brown and his guests are here to help the struggling moms better understand and manage their time for personal health. Now here's Jeremy. Thank you for listening in again. And today we are focusing on the keeping families fit portion of things and getting real about lifetime fitness. Our guest today, expert, is me. So I am flying solo today to share my top 10 list of lifetime head-to-toe fitness tips. And it started out not as a top 10 list, but actually just as a top six. Like, here's six things that I think everybody should just kind of consider. And then that became eight, and then suddenly 10, which is, a, you know, that's the way those lists will usually run down. So, so that's cool. So I got a lot to cover today, which is why there's no one here talking with me, because if um, I had a friend here and we were allowed to go off on tangent rant, tangent rants about all of these things, it would be a three-hour show. So the focus for this, when I talk about fitness, I think the key word, and it's a big word today, and I don't think it's a a word that is associated enough with fitness is sustainability. Everybody's so worried about sustainability, but not when it comes to their exercise. And so, you know, I know we're all busy and we got a lot going on. And so then there's this mindset that you're going to hit it hard and get it in. And like the more I can do in the shorter amount of time, the better. Um, but here, here's what I don't care about. I do not care how great your cardio health is if your hips and back hurt you all day. Don't care. I do not care how strong your legs are. I don't care how strong your glutes are if you are too stiff to sit down on the floor and get up off the floor. It is unsustainable. I do not care how much of an athlete you were when you were a teen if you are now in your 30s and you are in regular discomfort. None of these things matter. It is about being able to sustain health and fitness over the course of a lifetime. And there is an enormous, an, an unimaginable almost difference between a person in their 70s and 80s who has managed to sustain lifetime fitness and someone who has not. It is night and day. And trust me, none of us want to be the 80-year-old who is not active and fit. It's just not pleasant. And it's never too early to make a change. These tips, these things we're sharing today apply all the way from early kids, as soon as they can start to think about their bodies and how they move. And all these things apply all the way to the elderly. So it is never too late. We're sharing tips for kids, adults, all the way to aging grandparents. So never too early, never too late, which actually has interestingly enough continued to be kind of a uh, a note that we've circled back to with all the topics. It was not planned that way, but with all the topics that we've covered so far. Um, and these actually really are, I clearly have a lot of, uh, everyone in fitness does more these days, has a lot of aging clients. Um, and I have a lot of people in midlife and uh shockingly for me, some of these people in midlife are now bringing in their teenage, young teen to mid-teen children who 
they were not even yet pregnant with when <laughs> they started with me as clients. Um, so that's always shocking for me to see that, oh my goodness, I remember when this was not even in existence and suddenly somehow it's 16. Anyway, I share the same tips with the kids. How do we help the kids focus on all of these things that we're going to talk about today? So without further ado, number 10. Number 10 is about language, maybe. And uh, my word for number 10 is mobility. And I think everyone should start to focus on mobility. I think it's going to be a hot buzzword in in fitness and wellness coming up and mobility if we if we define define it or the way that it is being defined today is this meeting point of strength and flexibility and coordination and if you balance out the three of those things that really feeds into functional movement so let's let's break that down a little bit um strength you know, clearly we know what strength is, we know what flexibility is, and we know what coordination is. Strength without flexibility is worthless. What good does it do to be able to pick something up if you don't have the flexibility to put it overhead? Um, strength and flexibility without coordination are also worthless. Um, that's where we get into the difference between movements being a functional movement or a dysfunctional movement or looking at how the body moves. If you have the strength or the and the flexibility to pick something up and put it overhead, but you are not acknowledging the coordination required to keep your body in a straight line so that you your body knows that not only does it have to use shoulder strength but and flexibility, but it also has to use core strength and also hip and leg strength to keep you grounded, then that movement of putting something overhead over time will wear down your body because then you're constantly negatively adapting to that movement because though you may have both the strength and the flexibility, you don't also tie that in with coordination. So mobility is when we work on fitness, focusing on the balance of strength and flexibility and coordination. And there are a lot of modalities out there that focus on that. Um, and actually, it's not so much of meaning you could Pilates focuses on that, yoga focuses on that. Um, but it is a concept that you can carry over into anything, meaning if you are doing strength training, please, please work on mobility, work on your movements being full range, work on the weight being light enough that you can work on full range, work on the weight being light enough that you can also work on good coordination. That's also good form, right? It's good coordination. So that's becoming more and more thankfully acknowledged um, via science and acknowledged that this is a massively important way for us to train. Um, I don't really think there's any use in training strength if you are not working through full range of motion. And I don't think there's any work reason really to work on flexibility as um, if all you're doing is just hanging out in a stretch. You're wasting time. It's inefficient. Why not work on all of these things together? How much wonderful, how much better would it be if you got to the end of a workout and you had already worked on flexibility and strength the whole time and you didn't have to spend another 10 minutes working on doing stretches? Anyway, so there's that mobility. Number 10. Number nine, we're headed up to the head, specifically the brain. And 
talking about the importance of balance in our you know fitness mindset and the importance of quiet um, again when things get rushed and things get busy it's easy to neglect how important it is to take time and take time for quiet and by quiet i mean perhaps the concept of meditation you know mindfulness internal mindfulness and quiet um, but I think what's really important to acknowledge is that within that concept, there's a should be placed a high value on you do you so that you find the best way for you to implement this idea for yourself. All right. No one, anyone who knows me, no one who knows me wants to see me struggle with seated meditation day to day. No one wants to see me try to sit in one place. It's not a pretty picture. You'd have to tie me down and um, it would and it'd just be a misery. So for me, the best way to practice quiet is through movement, like swimming or walking or running or biking. Um, I used to love to do hiking when I lived in a place where there was really beautiful places to escape and get out and hike. Now that I am fortunate enough to live in Chicago on the lake shore, near enough to the lake shore, I take my bike out and I head in the direction where there is no traffic and I can have a nice hour of just easy cruising in one direction and the next. And, um, and you just kind of unplug and let the tempo of your movement um, create that sense of quiet, the same way if you were doing a traditional meditation, you would let the tempo of your breath help create that quiet. It's about finding a routine moment where you can enjoy that. And the benefits of quiet and meditation and this, this finding this pattern within the brain where we, we allow it to find sort of a still point is the benefits are enormous and they're so easy. If you wanted to go out there and research, the benefits are just everywhere, but um, it lowers your resting heart rate and blood pressure. Um, it improves your sleep patterns. It clearly, of course, reduces negative emotions. It counters stress and reduces stress hormones. It increases our creativity levels. Um, it helps manage helps give you tools to manage anxiety and asthma, um, shockingly cancer, of course, things like chronic pain, which are also very much tied into stress and um, stress-related response, um, depression, tension headaches. So highly encourage people, do not just let your health be all about hitting it hard and working hard. Let it be about balancing out your brain and your mental state and finding quiet and feel free to use, as I said, exercise to get into that space. I know plenty of people whose, whose meditation aspect of their life is running or swimming and it really works for them. So that's number nine. Eight, walking. Um, walking is really our most baseline functional activity, right? I, I, I am a human biomechanics expert. That's kind of what I do. Um, and 
my model of human mechanics is actually based off of walking. Like when I view any exercise, I view it from a picture of how it relates to the body being made to walk or run or jump, right? All of those kind of being the same thing, just different paces and intensity of the same, you know, swinging motion of the arms and legs. So it's what we were designed to do. And because of that, walking works every part of your body. It works your all the way from your feet, all the way through your legs, through your core, through your torso, shoulders, down to the hands, and up to the head. Um, it's accessible to pretty much everyone. Um, as long as you can get up and on your feet, you can start to work on walking. Work on whatever's available to you. It can be slow. It can be easy. Um, it doesn't have to be long endurance. You can take breaks, honor your body work up to doing more. And it's clearly a benefit. So I did a little research to see like, what benefit are we talking about? And if you Googled the benefits of walking, there are a couple of really fascinating, you know, study-based lists, um, both with the Arthritis Foundation and with Harvard Health. And they had a list of all these benefits that I thought were just fascinating. And I'm going to share a few of my tops, but if you wanted to go through that and just be completely inspired to take up walking and get your family walking with you, uh, check out the list. But um, it actually, this was cool. It reduces the risk of developing breast cancer. Um, women who walk seven or more hours a week, so an hour a day, which is, you know, a bit, but again, the benefits being there, it's I think it's worth the time investment. 14% lower risk of breast cancer if you were walking seven or more hours a week. Um, and this provided protection even if you had other breast cancer factors. Um, it eases joint pain, so it actually reduces arthritis pain. One of the things we know about arthritis is the best thing you can do for it is keep moving. Um, the, the temptation, of course, with something like arthritis is to stop moving because the movement initially is painful, but that will continue to reduce your movement potential and increase pain. So always with arthritis, get moving more. And if walking moves the whole body, it eases, starts to ease joint pain through the whole body. One of the reasons that it does that is the cartilage of our joints actually does not have blood flow to it. Um, it the way that our cartilage is nourished, the way that our cartilage is um, supported within our system is by movement. And that movement helps to, to kind of pump fluid through our joints. We actually do have a fluid, a synovial fluid within our joints. And as we move, that fluid is, is kind of pumped through and massaged through our joints and helps to retain the health of our cartilage or improve the health of our cartilage. So as we move, it actually helps to ease joint pain and help to stave off the continued progression of issues like arthritis. Um, walking also boosts immune function. Uh, huge numbers, like 50%, almost 50% greater health of immune function in people who walked more often. Um, it, of course, helps with osteoporosis and bone loss. Um, 30 minutes of walking a day, reduced risk of hip fractures by 40%. So anyone out there who's trying to help motivate 
um, perhaps someone older in their life who's starting to go through these issues, grab your kids, grab yourself, grab your parents, and take everybody on a walk. Be like, you want to spend more time with your grandkids? Let's all get outside together and move around. Great for both sides of that. Um, People in their 50s and 60s are... 35% 35% less likely to die over their over the next eight years than their non-walking counterparts. And it shoots up to 45% for those who have underlying health conditions. So just walking, extending almost a decade of life to 35 to 45% of people. Um, it, it also, walking helps to put out pain-killing endorphins, so it makes you feel better. Um, it helps, of course, to improve your cardiovascular health. It helps to burn calories and lose weight. Um, so walk, walk more, get your friends, get your families, find a buddy, walk more, get a dog, walk more. There is no way that you are going to have a full and fit and healthy life without more movement and more exercise. So the most, again, simple baseline thing we can do to move the whole body, the thing that's available to everyone is just the basic human act of walking. Um, It actually also, this was kind of cool. It was shown through a study that in people ages 71 to 93, they had half the incidence of dementia and Alzheimer's than those who walked less. So even, and we're seeing this more and more, um, maybe we'll hit on this a couple of times as we talk through this, the relationship between exercise and brain function and movement and brain function and the research coming out day to day regarding that, I'd say 50% of my news aggregate that I look at is studies on brain function, fitness, and health. Um, The studies coming out day to day on that are wonderful. I'm so happy that these things are being studied, massively impactful, incredibly powerful pieces of information, and all of them, all of them, lead straight to the idea that brain function improves with more movement and fitness. So that's 10 through eight. We're going to take a quick break. And as soon as we're back, we're going to get back in to our list with number seven. Keep listening. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Move Ed is a new exercise system developed from the latest in science and designed to help you feel your body in a whole new way. Offering free online videos, live online exercise classes, and wellness tips and ideas on social media. Move Ed has options to help everyone feel and move better. Check us out today and start your new journey into physical health. 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Connect with us, and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. Welcome back to Able Active Moms. Have a question for Jeremy or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Today on Able and Active Moms, I am by myself sharing a list of my top 10 lifetime fitness tips and tools. And we had gotten right up to walking right before the break. And within this, within these things we're sharing, walking, working on quiet and meditation, there should be a huge emphasis placed on number seven, the importance of routine and establishing a routine. Um, Our brains are programmed to work well with routine, right? To have a consistent event that happens on a consistent time frame in a consistent way. It it suits us well. It's just kind of the way that we have developed, right? And that especially applies to fitness. We are also programmed to be efficient, right? Meaning from millennia, of evolution, we are not programmed to waste energy. Um, unfortunately, in today's world, sedentary has a whole new meaning. So we evolved, and as we evolved, activity was required. There was no way to get through life without activity. And of course, food supply and activity are always a tough thing to balance out or were always a tough thing to balance out, right? Um, so you you evolved not to waste energy outside of necessary tasks. And so it is built into our system in a way to be lazy. <laughs> so if you do not build in a routine and work with our brain's natural tendency toward routine, you're going to work into your brain's natural tendency toward laziness. 
And I don't say that in a judgment way. I just say it is the way we are made. It's efficient. It's sustainable. Unfortunately, I mean, from an evolutionary standpoint, it's sustainable and efficient. Unfortunately, in today's world, that could literally mean that you do not move more than 20 steps over the course of a day. So, that being said, work on building a routine that includes more movement. And it can be simple things. I like simple things. Um, Meaning, park further away from the store in the parking lot, it's not that far, and walk. Make a coffee date with a friend where you walk regularly. Um, When you brush your teeth in the morning, work on standing up straight. Maybe get crazy and work on standing on one leg. Uh, I take about 30 seconds in the shower, put my hands against the shower wall and do a couple of stretches back, kind of like a standing downward dog. Put my hand on the wall, take a little stretch up one side, like a little side bend, twist a little, do it on the other side, hand on the wall, stretch up, side bend, twist a little. Um, Sure, it's a waste of 30 seconds of water. Apologies to everyone out there and their sustainability with water. But it takes a super small amount of time, and it's a place where I have a free second to build in a routine of movement. So find those moments. Um, I encourage people to just like find those little moments where you can do that. Set a timer and take a break for yourself in the middle of your day and do two minutes of stretching at your desk. Um, for all of you out there, I'm working on a YouTube channel. There are a couple of extra, a couple of videos up about breathing so far, but there's going to be a huge rollout of information. And I will include a few different few minute routines of stretching, something you can do beginning of the day, end of the day, standing, lying down at the desk so that you have access to something because that helps too. The routine of being able to just pull up something and go through it. Um, Set yourself an alarm, set yourself an alert, and work with it. Now, within that, it is important also to acknowledge life and acknowledge that we are human and not robots, and life is chaotic, and it doesn't allow for routine to consistently happen every day. And if you acknowledge that, then perhaps you allow yourself a little space and a little grace for this. Because if you are the type of person who believes that routine only happens until routine is broken and then routine is over, you're going to have a lot of trouble ever getting settled in a consistent routine because it just doesn't work. Sometimes you're going to miss a day. You're going to miss your moments. Something's going to come up. And if you just allow that to roll on by and wash over you and you get back in your routine the next day or four days later or whenever you can, you're going to be much more successful. That just has to do with mental adaptability, right? I'm going to allow, okay, this came up. I'm going to allow that not to disrupt my routine as a greater picture. I'm going to get back to it when I can. So 
work on in any way, strategize in any way, what you can do for a routine. How do I work exercise and meditation and movement into a daily, a weekly, a morning, an afternoon routine? Those are so far kind of just like generalized, <clears throat> excuse me, generalized tips. So let's get into some more kind of exercise or biomechanical or body specific things for the next few. Uh, first off, I would like everyone, everyone, and, and everyone who sees me has to go through this. I would like everyone to focus more on the health of their feet. So that is number six, focus on your feet. Um, I have not seen anyone who hasn't focused on it who has sufficient mobility in their feet. And by mobility, if we circle back to the beginning of, of today, mobility is this balance between strength and flexibility and coordination. And people do not have that in their feet. And it can be blamed on the progress of modern footwear. I think that's very fair. And it is also often blamed that way, um, that footwear has caused us to be more and more adapted and more supported by footwear and less and less um, able to access good strength and good motion and health through our feet. Um, and certainly no one has suffered more from that than women. And the statistics there back that up that, um, the incidence of arthritis and bunions in women are multiple times higher than in men. We're talking about two, depending on bunions or arthritis, two to three times higher for women than men. So what can you do about it? What can we do about our feet? Well, first off, the biggest issue with most shoes is that they squish our toes together. Right. So then that that diminishes our balance. It diminishes the mobility of our foot as it rolls front to back. And it diminishes the strength of our foot as our feet are stronger when they are wider and have better access to the arch that runs side to side across our foot. There is an arch that runs through the ball of your foot from your pinky toe to your big toe. And when we squish that together, we lose the side to side or lateral stability of our foot. And that causes a loss of lateral support and balance to our foot and to our entire body. So we can work on having shoes that have a wider toe box. That's my number one thing for everyone. And there are a lot of them out there. Some of those shoes are barefoot shoes, which means that they are shaped more like your foot and they do not have any support to them, no arch support. They are shoes that start to acknowledge that our feet are really made well, designed well, engineered well, and they do not need additional support form them. So our barefoot shoe is just basically to keep you from ripping apart the sole of your foot as you walk around in public. We don't want to step on glass and sharp objects. So it's basically a strip of sturdy material strapped to the bottom of your foot. That's actually what I wear. That is not what I recommend for everyone because it takes a lot of foot mobility, strength, flexibility, and coordination to be able to adapt to a barefoot shoe. I think it's a great goal for many people. And it is something that's 
really positive to work up to. Um, but for most people, I do recommend a wide toe box, but there are shoes out there with a wide toe box that also help to provide arch support. In particular, I like the brand Ultra, A-L-T-R-A, which are a sport shoe that have arch support and a wide toe box, room to spread the toes out. Um, podiatry, you know, the, 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 the medical science of working with the feet is going through a massive fracture and a massive shift between what was and what will be, right? What, what science used to be regarding this and what science is moving toward. And modern podiatrists and forward pushing podiatrists are much more about the health of the mechanics of the foot and the strength of the foot than they are about um, surgery or orthotics or um, pads or, you know, trying to find some way to support the foot with an external device. There are modern podiatry is about helping to restore the natural function of the foot. I think it's a wonderful direction for that medicine and medicine in general to move in. Um, so, that's generally what they all point out as well. You want to have a wider toe box so you can spread your foot out. If we talk about arthritis and bunions, those conditions are caused by the compression and narrowing of the foot. So you can, absolutely can help to work with bunions if you can work to spread out your foot. They sell all sorts of toe separator devices. I think those are a great thing to work with. Um, so that then once you start to spread out your foot that way, you can work on having better balance between your big toe, your pinky toe, and your heel and this tripod of the foot, which you we don't have access to if we don't have all those pieces. Um, and uh, as I was looking over issues on bunion active bunions and arthritis, and I'm looking at recommendations for bunions and arthritis. Unshockingly, conservative treatments were pads and inserts, ice, cortisone injections, and then surgery. <laughs> Nothing about actual foot health. I mean, if you dig deep enough, you find it. Again, that's much more of a small set of modern pushing people, but the general information does not lead to what is very successful and that is improving foot function. Uh, my last point for feet is when you stand, when you walk, point your toes forward. That is going to make a massive difference in your balance, your knee health, your foot health, your hip health, your lower back health. Point your toes forward. I don't care which direction your knees point. I know there's this whole crazy thing about your knees pointing in. Um, we're not going to delve into that on this show because it's just not within the scope of it. But if you point your toes out, so your knees point forward, you are not improving the alignment of your knees. Your alignment of your knees exists in relation to your toes. If you want to improve knee health, point your toes forward as much as possible. Walk with your toes pointing forward as much as possible. We're not ducks. So foot health, we stand on them all day. Well, that's not true enough these days, but we do stand on them a lot and hopefully we walk on them a lot. It makes it easier to do all those things the more healthy they are. That should kind of be unsurprising, unsurprisingly lead to number five, which is hand health. And um, 
because we are in general less active, our hands are less active and less healthy. Um, in general, we kind of sit around with our hands in flexion, like a curled position, like a ball, like a like a, a spider that's died <laughs> and curled up. So uh, interestingly, uh, years ago, I heard from a rheumatologist, their number one recommendation for everyone is when you're sitting, turn your palms down so that your hands are facing down on your thighs or facing down on a table because it helps to spread your hand out. And um, all of the conditions with the hands like arthritis, osteoarthritis of the thumb joint, carpal tunnel syndrome, um, functionally, all lead back to a flexion issue, the hand being more curled up and less spacious and the space between your the base of your thumb and the base of your pinky being less spacious. So the number one thing you can do for your hands is work on spreading your hands out more, the same as we worked on with the feet, spreading the feet out more. So for that, here's my recommendation. If we do a quick exercise thing, build this into your little desk routine, place your palms flat on a surface like your thighs or your desk and spread the hand out so that it takes up as much space as possible and your all of your hand as much as possible starts to lay flat against a surface. Of course, the center of your palm is probably going to be pulled away. But try to work as though you want even the center of your palm to be flat with the surface. From there, if you can work up to that and things start to open up that way, especially trying to get the base of the thumb and the base of the pinky to be away from each other. So if you can work up to that, try to work on keeping that spaciousness through the palm and lift the fingers away. So you start to extend more. Bonus points to do this against a wall so that you are bent back into extension at the wrist as well. And breaking all of these flexion patterns of the hands where your hands are again curled up like a dead spider. And we wanna to start to open those up more. Again, if we circle back to the idea of what we said earlier with arthritis, yes, this, these things will be painful initially, but what is the worst thing you can do with arthritis and these, these issues with immobility in the joints? Well, you cannot work on improving mobility. That's the worst thing you can do. It is a use it or lose it situation. So if you ignore this because it's painful and, um, don't work on improving the mobility, improving the str strength, you're going to lose more range and be in more pain. And over, again, the sustainable course of a lifetime, eventually you get to the point where you can't use your hands and feet at all. So simple things to do every day, just bringing small awarenesses to the health of our hands and feet. We're going to, again, Take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to run over our last four tips for a sustainably healthy life. See you in a moment. us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Move Ed is a new exercise system developed from the latest in science and designed to help you feel your body in a whole new way. Offering free online videos, live online exercise classes, and wellness tips and ideas on social media. Move Ed has options to help everyone feel and move better. 
Check us out today and start your new journey into physical health. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Welcome back to Able Active Moms. Have a question for Jeremy or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Now back to the show. Welcome back. And today I am talking fitness tips for a lifetime of movement. And right before the break, we were on number five and six, hands and feet. And I just wanted to note for that, that um, actually interesting enough, the, the most prevalent issues with hands and feet are osteoarthritis, bunions, carpal tunnel. And um, these are all issues that impact women more than men, um, partially because of shoes. And I, th- I think because of the restrictions of clothing, including bras and how that affects actually your shoulder and arm mobility and health and how that affects your hands. But anyway, um, and those things are particularly exacerbated during pregnancy and menopause. So at no point during your life, is it more important for women to focus on hand and foot health than during pregnancy and, and later in life during menopause through the forties and fifties to focus on your hands and feet, retaining really good functional health. That's going to have a massive impact on what happens later in life and how much you have access to physical health later in life. All right. So moving on to number four, and this is my one note that's, um, you know, kind of comes into the realm of exercise tips, right? Exercise tips, which is really what I focus on, but that's a hard thing to get into a radio show. So as a person who specializes in the practical application of neuromuscular biomechanics, right? The way that we should use our body and the way we want our brain and body to work together. My number one recommendation and the thing that I in emphatically point out to people every day, um, often in, in a negative way, if I get frustrated, is do not, 
I'm going to, this is going to get me all agitated. These things get me agitated. Do not squeeze things. Please, if you are a health and fitness professional out there listening, do not ever tell people to squeeze things. If you are doing exercise and someone tells you to squeeze something, don't. Don't do it. From a neuromuscular standpoint, it just makes absolutely no sense. Here's why. Um, Our brains and our bodies are really complex and amazing, and they manage a lot of tasks. And what you are doing when you're squeezing things is you are treating your body like you are a paper doll cutout, and you are imposing a two-dimensional idea on a complex three-dimensional system. Let's let's give a couple examples to this. For example, my abdominals. This is one you hear a lot. Squeeze your abs. It, it, it like it makes me apoplectic. I get all like twitchy when I hear it. Um, so people say a lot. Squeeze your abs. That means that's good. I got core strength. I'm squeezing my abs. Let's, let's break that down real quick. You have many different abdominals, many different. On one side of your abdominals alone, you have your external internal obliques, your rectus abdominis, and your transverse abdominis. Those are just your abdominal muscles. Not even, just say that, those are just your abdominal muscles. Some of those muscles have different innervation depending on the segment of them. And the reason for that is depending on the action we're doing, bending forward, bending backward, turning, side bending, going to pick something up, reach behind us, whatnot, those muscles coordinate in many different ways. And so what happens when you squeeze them is you decide they are going to work in this way and in this way alone. And often the way you pick is predicated more by your habits and your daily function than by the function we want them to do. For instance, we want our abs to support better posture and our health of our movement of our spine. If you have a tendency to sit around in a hunch all day, then when you squeeze your abs, the way you engage them is going to be related to you being hunched over. Is that going to help your posture or the health of your spine? No, it will not. You are going to use the rest of your body including your hips, your shoulders, and your spine, as though you are trapped in a hunch because that's how you squeezed things. So the way our body really works, the way our brain really works, is if you think about movement and you think about supporting movement, your brain will tell your body how to work and tell your muscles how to work. I want you to decide for yourself the last time you went to pick up your cup of coffee and bring it to your mouth, whether or not you tried to squeeze your biceps first. And next time you go to pick up a coffee and bring it to your mouth, squeeze your biceps and see what happens. Probably not much, except a lot of inefficient bicep work that makes your elbow stiff. So, stop squeezing. I tell people all the time, if you squeeze anything, you're fired. Stop squeezing. I get really upset Um, because it makes things so dysfunctional. Um, So, then when I get all worked up like this, I find that I need to focus on number three, which is breathing. Um, breathing is a really interesting process in that it bridges, it's, it's autonomic and also something that we have conscious 
access to. So it bridges those two systems, meaning I can make changes in my breath and those changes carry over into subconscious or autonomic function. If you're interested in this, I go all off on it on a YouTube video about why it's important to train breathing, especially from a from my perspective uh, in fitness and exercise. But it's also massively important to improve your breathing because it improves almost every aspect of your life because it is um, a process that is governed by the autonomic nervous nervous system. Better breathing improves your digestion. It improves your metabolism, your blood pressure, and your heart rate. Um, if you work on your breathing, it improves your body's ability to tolerate exercise, especially if you have asthma or COPD. Um, it lowers stress hormones because poor breathing, we've all you've all heard about anxious breathing or shallow breathing. That's a function of our body's parasympathetic versus sympathetic regulatory system, our flight or fight or flight response and our adrenaline response. So when you get caught in that response, it changes your breathing. And regulating back to a better breath pattern actually helps to regulate your entire body system back out of that fight or flight response. So it lowers cortisol and adrenaline response. Um, it actually also is the number one thing that I use in exercise to improve people's core stability. If you don't get to squeeze your abs, then how do you access them? Well, if you have a better breathing pattern, a better diaphragmatic breathing pattern, and you link that to just the idea of being more upright, your core will start to naturally function the way you want it to function. And then you just carry that over into your exercise. And if you're really fascinated with breath, uh, generally what we want is for people to work more on allowing diaphragmatic breath, allowing breath to have more movement through the torso. If you really are interested in delving into breath, there is a really great book that came out a couple of years ago by James Nestor called Breath, The New Science of a Lost Art. And it goes into this full spectrum of why breathing is so important. And it gives us a lot through later in the book, a lot of simple tools you can use to work on breath. So build in breathing techniques into your routine. I do it at night before I go to bed. I lay down in bed, work on breathing helps me sleep better. All right. So number two in my list getting to the end is don't let blank hold you back. No, I did not misread my teleprompter. Blank is whatever it is in your list that you throw out there as an excuse. So that can be, I'm old. This is just what happens. Oh, I injured that ankle. Oh, that time I broke this. Oh, that surgery. Oh, that arthritis in my, and nothing is more sure to gain a deadpan stare of judgment from me with a client than one of these excuses. Because you're just going to get the lecture from me on how all of these things are changeable if you focus on them, how that is a negative mindset. If that's what you let govern your life, then that is what you're going to be. So don't let your age hold you back. Don't let your injuries hold you back. Don't let your diagnosis from a medical professional hold you back. Because often we don't 
understand within that medical diagnosis, like a disc injury, we don't understand the full spectrum of what that means. And so we don't take value in how much we can change that with better breathing, better movement, better mindfulness. And if you let the diagnosis decide how you feel and how you react, you might miss out on the very thing that helps you feel better and move better. So don't let blank hold you back. And our last thing, number one, is movement should be two things. It should be fun. We should enjoy movement. You should get out there and like enjoy it, get into it, love it, enjoy it with the people you love. But it also needs focus and mindfulness. And so my number one is is mind-body fitness, which is what I really do. I teach mind-body fitness. And mind-body fitness is something like yoga or Pilates. It circles back to, but it can be carried into anything you do, including walking. And it focuses back to this idea of mobility and using coordination and strength and flexibility all together, using your brain to pay attention to what you do. And, and it's so important. Here's Here's my reason why. As we go to retrain things, of course, we have habits. And over time, those habits start to lead to discomfort or pain, and then they start to change our movement. And if you try to go and exercise to help that, unless you pay attention, your exercise is going to be a perpetuation of the habits that are causing you pain and discomfort. Or the way I put it simply is, the more you need it, the more you need exercise, the more you need a specific movement, a specific stretch, the less likely you are to do it well without mindfulness. Because the more you need it, the more it gets deep to the heart of what's going on in your body, the more likely you are going to do it poorly or go back to a habit if you don't pay attention. And I'd love to say that there was a simple way that science could help us out so that we don't have to pay attention and don't have to work hard with our brains and our bodies together, but it's just not true. And thankfully, again, there's some massive um, information coming out on how mind-body fitness changes the way our brains function later in life. So number one is focus on mind-body fitness. So that's our list today. Um, It was a lot for one segment. So I hope you took some notes or go back and take some notes, share it with everyone you love. Um, If you want to find some information about all of this, or you want some more resources, my brand is called MoveEd, short for Movement Education. Um, That is M-O-V-E-D. My website is moveed.fit. That is M-O-V-E-D dot F-I-T. From there, you can find exercise classes that I do online live every week and send out videos every week. Those are donation-based. You can find my free YouTube videos. You can find my blog that has now started that gives exercise and biomechanic tips. Um, So that is all out there for you. And the power of Google So get out there and search for some help, build a routine, find a way to make it part of your life, part of the life of the loved ones so that you can share so many more happy, fun-filled years together. Uh, That's what I, that's my soapbox for the day. 
Next week, I will have back on the show my friend and colleague, Shannon Hirschman, and we're going to continue the talk we started last week about uh, developing your inner healer, this uh, focus on building this full spectrum sense of mind, body, and spirit health. So I, I can't wait to get into all the information we're going to share next week. It's really some kind of cool and fascinating stuff. So I hope you'll tune in to Here's Again. And until then, have a lovely, fit, and healthy week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Able Active Moms. We hope the moms out there have learned something useful to help them with their own lives. Until we talk again, have a fantastic week.